Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in the beautiful Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, make sure you... Oh, yeah, here's looking at you, a, kid. There's a microphone there. Yeah, there we go. Make sure. That's right. Now, this is your first time, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last time I was at this table, I was with Hanoch. That's right. And uh, I might mention that I'm hoping to to improve the audio. I've sent it off to you know maybe have somebody master remaster for me. But right now it sounds like <laughs> which this might might even sound like that too. I have no idea because I'm having computer issues. So if anybody wants to donate towards the <laughs> the church, uh, we're fine. Recording, yeah, we're fine. I'm just kidding. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, if you're new here, thanks for being here. I really do like it when we get new folks that are coming, that are exploring the Hebrew to the Christian faith, exploring the Torah, or if they're a detractor and they're just like, man, what are these guys all about? Like, you know, these people that are under the law and all that kind of stuff that they claim that we are. Although I feel pretty free. Do you feel pretty free? You look free. Oh, yeah. You look free. I enjoy it. Yeah. You know. 22 years. Yeah. It works. So, uh, so yeah, so we're not going to get too heavy into that, but we are studying the book of Matthew because the Matthew is the first book. The of great Matthew. tax collector. It's the first synoptic You got to love the IRS back in, <sighs> back in the first century church. No, I ain't got no the love for the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> Taxation is theft. Matthew's great in The Chosen, too. It's I a like sham. Really I'm a sovereign citizen. I'm just kidding. Let's do it. For all we'll, you sovereign citizens out there, you will busy. get arrested. Just let's ask Wesley here. Snipes. Yeah, let's get busy here. All right, so the book of Matthew uh, has been good so far. Um, it's all about he's a king. That's right. You know, we've gotten through some backstory. We've gotten through a really meaty teaching in 5, 6, and 7 called the, the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, right? And uh, then we've been kind of going through just some, some, some current events and some more teachings. And so today is more teachings by issue, more red letters. I believe the entire portion we're studying today, verses 26 through 42, is all red letters. You would be absolutely correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, these are actually the instructions that he's given to the disciples as a continuation. Correct. So Yeshua chooses 12 apostles, and then he's going to instruct them. He's going to send them out on the, on the job training. Yeah. Yeah. Just remember, it wasn't the Jehovah Witnesses that went door to door first. No, but you know what's funny? It's the disciples. We got this, like, uh, Bible, tr- like, game, like, board game. Uh, I want to say my wife got it at like Goodwill or Salvation Army or something like that. We brought it home, and all of a sudden I'm looking at these Bible verses, and like it's like all Bible memorization, and it's all about going like door to door, and it's like a, a like a board game for kids learning how to like uh, evangelize, right? But like some of these verses just look different to me, right? And then I noticed at the bottom it said NWT, and I was like. So I look it up, and it's the New World Translation, which is the Jehovah's Witness Bible. And I was like, this is a Jehovah's Witness board okay, game. Okay, yeah, we'll stop right there. <laughs> I was like, huh, we'll, huh, we'll stop right there. Huh, let's, not, let's not go there. Let's be nice. Oh, what do you mean? I was Be nice there. to JWs. Oh, I mean, they're great people. I okay. really enjoy I'm just it. saying, yeah. Interesting. That's not what I a meant. A board game. It's like Trump. I love Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> 
he said loves that. the Hispanics. He loves the blacks. He loves the everybody. You know, he's just always, I love them. They love me. You know? I love They're them. Respectful. Let's jump right in here, man. This is good. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. Fear not. I'm going to read. Ooh. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, Ye are of more value than many sparrows. Wow, that's incredible. All right, so our first one here. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. Now, of course, the word fear here is the Greek word phobio, where we get phobia. Yeah, phobia. And it means to be alarmed by analogy, to be in awe, or i.e. revere, or to be sore afraid. Sore afraid, right? Right. Now, um... Here in verse 25, right before this verse, uh, Yeshua states that the critics have called him Beelzebub, right? If you remember from last week what we were studying, which which is right. Satan, basically, and the master of the house. The disciples would be guilty by association as members of Yeshua's household. So now it makes sense that he's saying, but fear them not, therefore, for nothing is covered that shall not be revealed. Right, so in verse 25, they're saying, hey, Yeshua, Jesus, he's got devils, yeah. Beelzebub, Satan. Yeah. And so what, what, what we have to understand is that if you're a disciple of him, then you're, you're, you're Satan, too. Yeah, you're guilty you're, by association. Even though this is obviously a false uh, accusation. Right. I love it. You're still guilty by association there, which is funny because in the press right now, there's a lot of things coming out that had been happening a few years ago that they're saying, oh, yeah, all that was made up, all, and they basically caught yeah. red-handed, right? I'm not yeah. going to mention what it is, but it's right. interesting how the truth comes out, but the damage is already done. That's true. Right? So the truth has come out about Yeshua, right? But they already crucified him. That's good. So, all right. So in Matthew 10, 26, uh, Yeshua tells his disciples not to fear others because everything will be, re- will be re- revealed, revealed that is hidden. Everything. And you know, uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit <sighs> is the only unpardonable sin. Now, that's when you attribute the works of God to the devil. To the devil. Yeah. So like, let's say, you know, and we could have heard this among the Baptists, at some time, or even still, well, you know, tongues is of the devil, mm, you know, because yeah. they're not, you know, going to practice that or whatever. Sure. But we have to be careful what we uh, what we uh, condemn people for or, or that kind of a judgment, you know, because maybe you don't believe in tongues or interpretation of tongues, but I don't think you should really speak ill of it or against it. Sure. You just say, well, you know, I'm not really sure about that. I don't practice that. And let it go. Yeah. Imagine for a moment that you actually witnessed a true move of the Holy Spirit. But that's what's happening down south with the, with the Baptists. In the Pentecostals, you know, there's, oh, yeah. like, there's a little rivalry there. Well, the you Baptists, know. you know, you've got like the primitive Baptists versus like the primitive 1812 right. Baptists or the whatever. Interesting. And then you've heard that joke, right? No. About like the guy's hanging off the cliff and he's screaming for help. And so the, the Baptist gets out of his car and he runs over there and he says, Lord, help me. He says, oh, you're a Christian. He says, I'm a Christian, too. He says, are you Baptist, Catholic, whatever? He says, I'm Baptist. He says, I'm Baptist, too. And he says, okay, are you Baptist Reformed? And they gave like a year, 1792 or 1812. And he says, 1812. And the guy goes, heretic, and stamps on his hand and falls off the cliff. Okay, this is not going well. <laughs> I mean, you Jehovah know. Jehovah Witnesses, Baptist, yeah. we probably should stop. Okay, yeah, all right, you. all right. You're good, though. Okay, all right. Well. Yeah, I know. 
John you know, the Baptist was the first Baptist. Listen, though. it's equal opportunity. Nick the Baptizer. Like I haven't heard the Hebrew. They call me jokes. Nick the Immerser. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. For Nick the, the Mikvahs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick the Immerser. I do feel immersed. That's right. You know, immersed in Nick, you know. Uh, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. So let's think about So darkness is like privately, and light means publicly. Right. So like things are being revealed. You know, like with me, uh, the restoration, the regathering, the whole house of Israel, the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles, you know, I, I hear his voice, that this is what he's doing. Right. He recon- has reconciliation between Ephraim and Judah. Those that are coming out of the nations that aren't Jewish, and then those are, that are Jewish, there's like this, this, this family reunion happening, this, sure. this connection. Yeah. And it's really, really cool. It sure is. Well, and, and you know, these things that he's saying, right, um, at the time, there was people that were misunderstanding what he was saying. And he says that that's why he speaks in parables. And he says, you will understand, but the, there's right. others that will not understand. That's right. And so for us today, I'm thankful that they wrote it down that's and right. wrote down the answer <laughs> right. so that we can get it, too, because some right. of us are thick-headed. You know, we got to like think me. how much, you know, we'll talk about this in my teaching, but the thing is, you know, how much in the spirit realm is evil that's hindering us? coming against us oh yeah because you have yourself you have others then you have the unseen realm yeah all coming against us yeah. and that's what's happening on the journey so we have to ask ourselves is this person just have a bad attitude or is there a spirit right right i mean you know are, am i dealing with a spirit or just a bad attitude or flesh yeah yeah or, or the spirit flesh. Or flesh right 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 you know. so uh what's interesting now is jesus is going to set up a paradigm for people right he's going to tell them not to fear uh and who does he say not to fear those that can kill the body, but not the soul. Okay. So in most cases, if you were to think about the things that you fear, you fear things that affect your provision, right? Your security. A phobia. Right? So Mine's like, like heights. Like I would get right next to the edge, and I have no, like, it's like far. Right. There's no levels of height. If it's like it's a drop-off, I can't go near the edge. Interesting. It's just not. I mean, I don't feel good near the edge of something high, but I mean, I'm. I mean, I, 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 could, I literally, like. Yeah? Yeah, I want to just okay. hunker down. Yeah. You know? That's that survival instinct in you. You know, you're a survivor. And, you know, we, we all have things we got to deal I'm with. I'm a survivor. I'm a... Okay. Yeah. So, but back to this, the things that would kill the body are the things that we fear the most, right? So, like, we're afraid of car accidents. We're afraid of, you right. know, somebody sneaking into our house, right? That's why we have alarm systems, right. right? That's why we have locks on our doors, you know? That's why we wear seatbelts. So, there's all these things that we do. Some, some of these things are out of prudence, right? Right. But some of these things also people can do out of fear like you mentioned, fear of heights. But those things can only kill your body. They can't right. kill your soul. That's right. And so Jesus says, what should you fear? The one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Wow. So, so in other words, this life is temporary, and what happens here doesn't hold as much significance as what happens after this life. And so he says the one that you should worry about is not the one that can only kill the body, but the one that can kill the body and send it to hell, which would be who? God. God himself, right? Don't fear the devil. Don't fear Satan. Don't fear Beelzebub. Don't fear, fear the people that are, are thrown in your path by the devil to trip you up and to tell you that, you know, Jesus is not real or all of this is a bunch of fairy tales. Don't fear those people. Don't fear them because you want their uh, affection or their acceptance right. or anything like that. Fear no man. Fear. It's not good. God himself. It never works out good. You know, King Saul feared the people. And you know what it says, right? It says... It, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. 
Wow. Beginning of wisdom. And then, of course, didn't, it didn't, didn't end too well. You know, um, if you look at 1067, it's Gehenna. So that's, that's actually hell. Yeah. So a lot of times in the Bible when you see uh, hell written, it's actually talking about Sheol, which is the heart of the earth. Abraham's bosom is also you know, called heart, uh, Abraham's bosom. Uh, a resting place. And then there's Gehenna, which is the actual hell, right? It's the right. fiery pit, so to speak. So Gehenna... Gehenna. And it's interesting. It says here uh, in the Strong's Concordance, as a name for the place of everlasting punishment. Mm. No bueno, huh? The place for everlasting punishment. Everlasting punishment. Mm. Now, I believe in the doctrine of hell. I believe it's a real place. I believe, I, I believe in the doctrine of hell. Yeah. You know, um, God doesn't want man to go there. It, it was, it's actually for the fallen angels and Satan and the demons. Right. But men choose to go there. Well, in Matthew, uh, or I'm sorry, John 3 makes it very clear. So, men choose yeah. To go there. Um, yeah. I mean, think about it. So now that, um, so now that he's given you the paradigm, right, he doesn't just leave you without encouragement. Right. Okay, so he's giving you the paradigm. Don't fear those that can only kill the body. Right. Fear the one that can kill the body and the soul. Right. And then he says, but I know that your instinct, right, inside right. of you is to still fear those things, but let me give you some encouragement so that you can get a little thing here, right? I mean, that's true. And, and they say that uh, Yeshua spoke more about hell than he did heaven. Oof. I, no, I didn't do a research on that, but yeah. I've, I've heard that said. I've, I've heard it. Now imagine that. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be pretty bad to go there, I would say. Um, all right, so verses 29 and 30 are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So what is he saying here? Sparrows were customarily thought of as the smallest of creatures, and the farthing, the penny, was one of the least valuable Roman coins. Yeah, so then he says, and he finishes this up with a little bow and says, Fear not, therefore, fear ye not, therefore, ye are more value, of more value than many sparrows. That's true. So if he knows every sparrow out there, and he knows when it gets up, he knows when it cracks out of the shell and it's born, so to speak, and he knows when it falls Somebody to the ground Somebody was telling me they were pulling into a, a business and they uh, ran over a squirrel. I've done that before. So it's sad. been a while since I've hit a squirrel crossing the road. Yeah. Underneath my car. Yeah, me too. Probably 20 years. But, you know. But I remember when it happened. Yeah. It affected me. God knows when a sparrow falls. He knows when the squirrel gets run over, when the deer gets But it's like, you know, nature. Just look at nature. Yeah. He knows when the raccoon's going to die because it's stealing my chickens. So what does it say here for the bullet <laughs> point? Yeah, you know all about that. We're not well, going to get into that. Yeah, yeah we're not going to get into that. Yeah. But my point being, you know, about the sparrow, he says every hair on your head is numbered. <laughs> Some of us have more numbers than others. That'd be a better joke for you to make. So what's the bullet point? Maybe, we can, that maybe one? we can edit that. One. <laughs> Since the heavenly hair Father, today, <laughs> gone, gone tomorrow. tomorrow. Amen. Since the Heavenly Father gives constant sovereign supervision, even to seemingly insignificant creatures, surely he will also care for his disciples in their mission to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Boy, isn't that the truth. It is. You know, the Old Testament's the good news, too. Amen. Amen. Would you like to read? 
I would. I would. How love about to. confessing Yeshua before men? Boy, that's an important thing. Matthew chapter ten, verses thirty-two and thirty-three. You know, um, this is. I feel like if if there's two verses in the Bible that somebody should read, I think that these are the verses, right? I mean, like if you had to get somebody quick, just quick, like this is your last moments, right? Really? And you got to get them something. This is it, right here. You ready? The person. Therefore. Whoever confesses me before men, him I also confess before my Father, who, also, who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father, who is in heaven. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, ba- cut and dry. It's like my testimony. I feel like, like when I got saved and born again in March of 92, I really felt like Jesus was in the room. Yeah. Now, I know it's the Holy Spirit. Sure. But I'm just saying that it was so prevalent, so real, mm-hmm. like it was Jesus. So everything I, I experienced is from him. Yeah. Not just a whim or a guess or a, you a know, whisper. One of the, we've done um, uh, different things over the years uh, for the coronation ceremony, right? Like processions where they'll put a throne up here on the platform yeah. and, and a crown and a scepter. And it's all ready to go and waiting for him. You know what I mean? Yes. And so, like, my heart is just like, oh, Yeshua, just, like, come take your place. Now, obviously, this isn't the place. Yeah, the Ancient of Days, you know. But I imagine walking up those steps in Jerusalem right with the throne and then him taking his place just i mean what an awesome time the ancient of days that'll be oh ancient of you know? days so what will yeshua do for any man who confesses him before men he will confess him before his father in heaven mm. so don't be ashamed of of, of Yeshua. no 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 we can't be and what will you should do it to do to any man who denies him he will deny him before his father in heaven so you have to recognize the son he'll say i never knew you well, because the Father wants that. Right. He sent His only begotten Son. Right. It's the most important thing we could all realize, that we were introduced to the Son of God, we have accepted Him, we love Him, right. and the Father's so happy that He sent His only begotten Son and we received Him. And so the Father's happy because He did it for us. Right. You know, because He can't break spiritual laws. He had to send His Son to die for us. So my thing is, how much more appreciative should we be in that relationship with the person Thank you, Yeshua, you know, and like even Yeshua says, there's, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. The vine and the branches thing, you know, and I, and I always say, and I realize that because I got to be reminded of that as I lead, I can't make anything happen. I have to have his lead. That's right. His leading, you know, and so I'm excited because like I said, discuss why it is so important to confess the person of Yeshua in our life and not just in religious ideology. Mm. You know, so when we're even praying in his name, yeah, are we really praying in his name knowing that he's there? Is he going to honor that prayer well, in his name? I'll say this. Anybody that has been in Hebrew roots for 10 minutes has been accused of works-based salvation, right? I've been accused of it. Yeah, uh, they say that's what the Jews do in the Old Testament. Right, works-based yeah. salvation. Which is not true. It isn't true. It's not even true in the Old Testament. I know, that's, but that's because, beside the point. Because right? Abraham but, had faith, therefore it was accounted to him as righteousness. Right. But it's not about logic and reason in that point, because I've, I've gone down the road, because, you know, I think I'm so smart. I've got my, my scriptures lined up, my bullet points, you know, and I got my, the ways that I say things that I think are so clever. That's true. But I'm not clever. You know who's clever? Jesus is clever. I don't oh, yeah. save people. Jesus saves people. That's true. And it is. You can't save them. Only. Some people think they can save people. It is only yeah. a relationship with Jesus that will save you. Right. That's it. There is nothing. Everything. Every, the whole world is hogwash. It's dung compared to him and him crucified. That's right. 
That's why you need a relationship with them. And a not personal just a relationship. And if we do all of this stuff that we're doing in the Hebrew roots, we're, you know, eating clean, keeping the Sabbath, uh, you know, doing the feast days, um, you know, whatever, all the things that we do, right, that, that people say we don't have to do. If we do all of it and it's for the wrong reason, then again, it, it counts against us instead of for us. And so we have to be careful, right? Because if we get stuck into a religious ideology, then we're, we're, it's not going to be good for us. I mean, Jesus, when he's rebuking the Pharisees, he's, t- you know, they're talking, he's saying, oh, you do well because you, you know, you tithe your mint and your cumin and your spices, right? But you, right. But you forget the weightier matters of the Torah, like love, truth, justice, and mercy, and caring for the widow and the orphan, right? And then his famous line right after that, because we always stop there, you know, the famous line after that is, you should have done the latter without neglecting the prior. Right. And of course, he he's experienced. Or done the prior that neglected. He's experienced so many things. Um, I don't want to get into it right now, but uh, this this is just the facts, you know. Well, Paul's letters are all about this. That's why people get confused. They think that he's saying, "Don't do the things that are written in the Torah. Don't don't be part of God's culture. Don't do the things that God has instructed." That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that if you do it, and you think that that's going to save you you're wrong. Right. And of course, he's talking to people who have Jews around them influencing them who think that if they do those things, then they'll be saved. But it's not true. Yeah, it's a personal thing. Works cannot save you. So Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 39, not peace, but a sword. Ryan's got to read that. Maybe we could skip this part. This is really good. I mean, you could say it's good, but I'm experiencing some things, I think. What about you? Anything? I feel great. I good, feel great. good, good, good. Why don't but you read it? I just, you know, there's certain 34 parts. through 39, not peace, but a sword. All right, fine, I'll read it. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So, wow, think about this. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Think about a sword as the word. Mm -hmm. I'm the word. I'm a sword. The sword is a metaphor for the inevitable separation between those who believe in Yeshua and those who do not, even within a family. Well, and the sword is a metaphor for the Word of God. Right. For Dividing goes, asunder yeah. even... So know. in 35 and 36, we have, of course, for I am come to set a man at variance apart from against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foe shall be they of his own household. Gosh. Because you've accepted Christ. Right. And that's what happens. You know, I think about people that are in... Third world countries, China, Iran, um, you know, other other Muslim countries that are third world, right? That are not, right. Um, that are still oppressive towards Christians and right. other religions. And and I just, you know, we pray for them. We get this. Um, what is it? The voice of the martyrs. We get we yeah. give into the voice of the martyrs. The kids have in us, and um, we get their their maps and their newsletters, and they have like a place to. They have little articles, and you pray for people and things. But we're so sheltered. Here in Brandon, Florida. We're so blessed. And, but you know, we've been called to be Israel. But I think about these people where, where the regimes above them are, are not friendly to Christianity. No, not at all. And then their family. Been pushed out. You know, then they, because then think about this. They get to Jesus, right? And they start to live for Jesus. 
and they start to talk about Jesus, and then their family turns them into the authorities, and they end up in a camp, like in China. Yeah, we talk about that. It's crazy. So what did Yeshua say would happen if you loved your father, mother, son, or daughter more than him? It says you would not be worthy of him. That's a harsh word. See, Jesus, your family didn't give you Jesus. Jesus, Jesus gave, you. gave you Jesus. Jesus. That's right. And that's so important to know. We don't need to compromise, you know. So what would happen if you did not take up your cross and follow Yeshua? You would not be worthy of him. This is the first mention of the cross in the New Testament. Wow. Yeah. It was the custom for the condemned man to carry his cross on the way to his execution. So we, we, we're going to have the same fate as him. You know, the Romans were just breaking the people with those types of punishments, just absolutely breaking their will, having to carry your own cross to be executed. But, you know, if you think about all the teachings, and then we can repeat it, like let's say someone mistreats you while well, turn the other cheek. Mm. Go the extra mile. I'm, Go another mile. Does that mean like Here's a coat, you know. Turn the other cheek my shirt, and my like coat. punch him back? I don't know. know. Crucifixion is a shocking metaphor for discipleship. Oof. A disciple must deny himself or die to self-will. Take up his cross, which is embrace God's will no matter the cost, and follow Christ. Let me say that again. Crucifixion is a shocking metaphor for discipleship. A disciple must deny himself, die to self-will. Right. Not my will. Take up his cross, which is embrace God's will no matter the cost, and follow Christ. Man. You know, it's kind of interesting, you know, when people get mad at me, they say, well, how could you be Israel? You're not even Jewish. I said, the root of the olive tree is Yeshua, and he says that I'm grafted in. He sustains me as being Israel because he's the root. That's what it says in Romans. Right. There's wild branches and natural branches. So when you go and tell people that they can't be Israel because they're not Jewish, you're coming against the Messiah. That's right. Because he died to, to make us a people once again. Once we were not a people, now we're a people. Once we were far away, Christ has brought us near. That's right. You know, and so and so we have to Fellow look at it like that. Fellow citizens with the saints. That's it. And so he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 39 in the Amplified, whoever finds his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. And whoever loses his life in this world, for my sake, will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. Life with me for all eternity. So think about it. Choose life. Choose him. What does God want? He wants us. See, see, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, do you want to be counted? Sure. But can you be counted upon? Oof. Like Hanok was talking about, well, let's not get into the chosen people. What about choosing people that's right what do you choose well that's why it says that there was those that are broken off for unbelief right i mean it's about the choosing you know what's yeah, interesting that's, that's, that's a, see this is why this whole culture and social media is so wicked it is so nasty you have to pull yourself away from it that's almost right. like to non-existent to some degree check your emails that's that's understandable that's that's much easier than going on your phone for facebook yeah. or instagram or any of that, but I'm just saying that you really got to wean yourself off that stuff. You know, so 38 and 39, verses 38 and 39 go together, and, um, you know, you take up your cross, meaning you die to your self-will, and you embrace God's will instead, and it talks about he who finds his life shall lose it, and he who loses his life shall find it, if he loses it for If you decide to take up the cross, you will lose your life. Well, and so, but I think this is the point here, is... 
it's it this always takes it to the nth degree and, and that's great but like i'm 35 right so there's a praying god's will there's a long time between now and the end of my life you know obviously tomorrow's not promised but i should lose my life today right i can't wait for the end of my life to expect that that's when I lose my life. I lose my life now, and it is no longer I who live, right? I die with Christ, Paul says. I die with Christ, and then it is now him who lives in me. Boy, that's like, like we want to defend ourselves. That's my favorite one. I must defend my honor. I must defend myself. I must take matters into my own hands. Tell me about that. It, he doesn't want that. No, he doesn't. It's obvious. No, he doesn't. That's right. Because there's a reason for everything. Hallelujah. You know, his ways are higher than our ways. They are. Let's look at rewards for service. I'm going to read uh, Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42 in conclusion here. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. That's right. Wow. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Matthew 10, 42, the last verse here. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. That's right. So so that first uh, two verses, he that receiveth you receiveth me, right? And he that receiveth him that sent, and, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. So G- Jesus is saying, I am the ambassador of the king, right? I am yeah. his representative on earth. And he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet res- shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So this is an interesting um, way of doing things because he's showing how delegated authority works on earth and how there's a reward system. That's right. So there's people out there that think that salvation is the end. And, um, you know, I grew up, my family owns martial arts schools. And earning a black belt, there's a lot of people that think that that's like the pinnacle. Oh, I got my black belt. But in reality, the black belt is just the beginning, right? So now you've finally gotten to the point where, like, you can actually, you're worth something that we can work with, you know? And so it's just like that with salvation. Okay, yeah, you've you've gotten here, but now the work begins. Now you can be a disciple. Well, what did Yeshua do? Now the Holy Spirit has filled you. He teaches in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And then he demonstrates it. That's right. And then he gets his disciples to participate and sends them out. Man, that's a good point. So Yeshua's disciples bear his message and his authority. So to receive them is to receive Yeshua. He's teaching them principles as he sends them out. Right. Like praying for the sick, Mm -hmm. praying for deliverance. Right. Not not quitting praying for deliverance. Keep praying for deliverance for people. And in healing the sick. And people have infirmities and saying, I'm praying for you. I believe for you. You're healing because Yeshua healed yesterday. He's going to heal today and tomorrow the nations. So that's why we got to really encourage people that are going through something that's that's a that's a sickness or a disease. Yeah, amen. And just keep hearing. No, we're, we're believing for your healing. I'm believing for your healing. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, you, know, you say, well, I'm not really feeling well. Well, we're believing for your healing. Yep. So he who receives, this is the Amplified for verse 41. He who receives and welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous or honorable man because he is righteous, is a righteous man, will receive a righteous or an honorable man's reward. Boy, that's good, ain't it? It is. That's, it that's is. really good. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, 
Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Um, you know, it's interesting, these points that Jesus makes. You know, he makes points like this, and people have all kinds of doctrines and stuff that they come up with, you know, in these things. But I think that, you know, Jesus is giving us principles for Christian living, and that when we go out, that we should be a blessing. Like, if we're going to go in the name of the Lord, right, and we're going to speak on his behalf, then we should receive the reward for doing so, but we should also be doing and and acting in the manner that he would, right? Right, because they attack Yeshua. He's full of devils. Yeah. So we start doing things. They're going to come after us That's right. and persecute us, whether it's it's accusing us of devils or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's there's variations of Christianity. They say, oh, speaking in tongues, that's of the devil. Well, that doesn't, that's not right. No, it's But not. once again, we're the disciple. Yeah. We're the disciple, so I've overcome the world, he says. You know, you can do this, you know. Like, oh, yeah. this is hard, Yeshua, but he had to deal with it all. So the term little ones refers to those who are humble in rank or influence. Interesting. I tell you what. Little ones. If I had, to, and I think I said this either L- last week or a couple lads. weeks ago. God has been working on me, and he's been showing me that I am not better than anybody else. Boy, and that I need good. to slow down, and I need to pay attention to the Spirit's promptings and be a blessing even to those who are the little ones. I'm going to change your name and see if you get it. All right. Your name is going to be Dim and Crawl. I don't like the dim part, but flash I mean, and dash. Get it it. used to be flash and dash. Flash. My dad dim, used to call me flash and crawl. dash because I'd come into a room and I'd whatever, and then I'm out. I could even cause a problem and run, or cause something good and run. Interesting. But I would do whatever flash I did, and, and I'd run. It's all our little quirks. It is. I'm, it's all right. But today I'm not flash and dash. I'm, no, I think you. you Ash do and I have could decided on that. that I think you're doing better. I've. I'm not that anymore for no, sure. I so, don't think so. Do you have uh, two points? I, I only have one, but I was thinking of another one. Yeah, okay. Um, go ahead. What do, you, what do you have? Ooh, you know, um, if I had to pick, I had to pick one, right? I would say that Jesus and this whole thing that he's going through makes it very clear that the world is not going to be happy with you representing Jesus, especially if you do it in an authentic manner. And so many times I think that we spend our time trying to be culturally relevant and and more like the people that need the gospel and we need to be more like jesus and i think that we've got a twisted view of what jesus is like from you know different medias and and different things and and so don't be afraid different versions. And he says fear not like I oh mean, look you know the father's so mean yeah and the son is so nice yeah that was actually brought up uh, with somebody that yeah. was oh, I've talking that. to me about why is the Old Testament God yep. so mean? But the New Testament God seems to be nice. I saw a meme on Facebook that showed the Hulk, like how he's like, oh, but then like in the new Avengers movies, he's got like glasses and he looks like real like, um, I don't civilized. know. Civilized. Like civilized, but like uh, like real preppy, you know? Yeah. yeah and he's like, that. but he stays green all the time. So it's this different, weird, right. you know, thing going on. And it was like God of the Old Testament, God of the New Testament, you know? It was like, uh. <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. Well. You know wow. what? Uh, there's this thing, you know, right before the New Testament starts, this this, this book by the Italian prophet Malachi. Um, people don't get that. And somewhere in there, I actually don't have it, I don't think I have it highlighted in this Bible, but it says, uh, I am the Lord your God, I change 
not. <laughs> it's the first not joke. <laughs> and he says, I don't change. And then 500 years later, I'm back. Yeah. Well, and you know what else wow. he says? He says, don't forget the Torah that I gave to Moses at Mount Horeb. And then he says he's going to turn the fathers back to the children, the children right. back yeah, to the there's fathers. There's a lot of awesome stuff in there. But it's right at the end, right before we start the New Testament. What do we do when we get to the New Testament? We forget the Torah. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it, it's interesting, you know. It, it's exciting. You know, so what two points can be learned from Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 through 42, that portion of Scripture? I, I just have two things that really stood out to me. Fear God and not man. Amen. Amen. You know. That's a big point. And that's important for me right now in the days in which we live. Yeah. I fear no man. I fear no devil. Devil. No devil. No devil. No devil. <laughs> I, fear I fear no devil. No <laughs> demil. Yeah. <laughs> Demon. Devil, but it's true. You can't, yeah. Because if they want to scare you, and then you back off, then you miss what God has. That's right. Because we have power. That's we have right. authority. That's right. This is it. Know the Son of God, Yeshua, as a person and not just an idea. Amen. Man, those are those are great points. Just do that. Yeah. <laughs> you just push the mic away, right? Yeah, drop it. Please don't drop these mics. You can close us in prayer. Yeah, Father, thank we you, love Father. you and we thank you, God. God, give us a heart that we would not fear, man that we would fear you and you alone, that we would walk out your will with the power of the Holy Spirit daily, Father, and that we would pick up our cross daily and follow your Son. We don't know what that means to do that all the time, Father, and we depend on your Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. And so, Father, we just ask you to dwell with us, dwell in us, dwell with all the people under the sound of my voice, Father, that you would lead them and guide them in the way that they should go. And we love you, and we bless your holy name. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, guys, if you need me, uh, you know how to get me. It's Ryan at twopraise.net. You can comment also on Facebook or YouTube on our stuff. And uh, bless you. Have a great week.